Hello and welcome to Inside the Post-Dispatch, the podcast that brings you behind the scenes of our newsroom here in St. Louis. I'm Jacob Barker, a reporter here at the Post-Dispatch, and uh, joining me today are uh, Kevin McDermott, an editorial writer here at the Post, and uh, Mark Schlinkman, a, uh, our City Hall reporter and political reporter who also spends a lot of time working on our voter's guide. Um, and Jack Suntrup uh, calling in from Jefferson City. Guys, thanks for thanks for joining us. So uh, I guess uh, you know we've been talking about uh, the the primary election for what eighteen months, two years, probably more than that. And uh, the big day for Missourians is uh, Tuesday, um, and a lot has changed in the last. Uh, last week uh since uh super tuesday this week um jack you you had a story um uh, a couple of weeks ago about how uh missouri politicians missouri democrats were kind of hedging their bets and not really throwing uh you know their their endorsements behind folks yet waiting to see what happened with the democratic uh, presidential candidate field um where where do uh missouri democrats stand now now that there really appears to be two candidates left joe biden and uh, bernie sanders yeah i mean well i guess i i guess it depends on if the democrat is running for office or not so um if if they are so lacy clay uh the representative lacy clay from the first district um state senator jill shoop who's running in the second district and um uh and and so they're they're not um, anxious to endorse anyone, um, there might not be a political upside for them. And of course, Nicole Galloway hasn't endorsed either, and she's running for governor. Um, but endorsing one candidate over the other would probably just anger other Democrats or frustrate them and and hurt them um, uh, moving forward. So there's no surprise there. Um, Jay Nixon, the former governor, endorsed Mike Bloomberg, um, but Bloomberg dropped out this week, so he's now endorsed Biden, uh, former Vice President Biden. Um, and um, yeah, there's there's uh, there's some support in the legislature for Sanders, um, Rasheen Aldridge, uh, who's a state rep from who represents downtown St. Louis, um, supports Sanders. Um, but a lot of Democrats really just want to stay quiet on this and and see how their constituents vote. They they're waiting for results probably from Missouri's uh, presidential primary election. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think there's a, really a political upside for them to to weigh in publicly, um, unless if if you know if they represent a split district or. Um, a significant portion of their constituency decides to vote another way. I mean, Lacey Clay is running against Cori Bush in the first district, and and she's a Sanders supporter. So um, that's in the primary. That he, right in the in the August primary, he's um, running against her, and he's indicated that he's going to support Biden, but I don't think he's explicitly said so. Um, but yeah, so um, lots of Democrats not really wanting to weigh in, but also um, Biden did uh, did get a quite quite a few endorsements this week from some of the 
uh, more well-known people in the party, like the the Carnahans and former Governor Bob Holden. So he has some of that quote-unquote establishment support kind of coalescing around him. One one exception uh, to to the not rule, but but the point Jack was making about elected officials wanting to steer clear, not ticking off people. Uh, Mayor Cruson of St. Louis uh, yesterday did jump on the uh, Biden bandwagon, and she, well, her election is not until next March re-election effort. It's not all that far away, and she's going to have a, have serious opposition, no doubt. So that's one exception to it. I know there hasn't been a um, a, a ton of polling uh, in Missouri, but um, I mean Biden has kind of been sort of in the lead in, in the few polls we've seen, right, in, in Missouri? Yeah, Missouri's, Missouri uh, Democrats tend to be, uh, other than certain pockets of St. Louis, they tend to be fairly moderate. And I, uh, I would be a little surprised if Biden didn't do, uh, didn't do well here, especially now that he's got this momentum. You know, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment that, that the whole political universe kind of changed overnight with Super Tuesday, and it really did. It was uh, Sanders who had all the momentum going into uh, Super Tuesday. It was it was Sanders who all the predictions were saying was was uh, going to do well, possibly even sweep. And instead, we had this really kind of historic revival uh, by Biden. I, I I think what you saw here was the establishment of the Democratic Party waking up and going, oh my goodness, we're about to hand the nomination to Bernie Sanders, which is you know w- would certainly divide the party in ways that that perhaps could keep it from uh, from from defeating Trump in in, uh, in November. And, and we're recording this on uh, Thursday, March 5th, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth Warren, the, the senator from um, uh, Massachusetts, dropped out this morning. Yeah, so. and she's in a strange position. Uh, she, she, you know, the lane that she was running in, so to speak, uh, was the same lane as Sanders was running in. She, she, she and he had the same kind of left-leaning progressive um, agenda, and she, there will be a lot of pressure for her to endorse him. On the other hand... Biden is the one with all the momentum right now. If you if you were a betting person as we sit here on Thursday, March 5th, you would probably have to bet that Biden is is the favorite to win the nomination at this point. And and so does she want to back somebody who's less likely to win, you know, assuming that perhaps she wants something in terms of a cabinet position or something in the future. Um, it, uh, it may explain why as, as we sit here, she's not made an endorsement and we're not sure she's going to. Um, and, and Kevin, you said, I mean, you know, Missouri, traditionally, Missouri Democrats have been pretty, pretty centrist, uh, mm-hmm. pretty moderate. Um, uh, so, I mean, is there, are there too many folks who have, you know, either in the legislature, Jack, or City Hall, Mark, who have endorsed, you know, either uh, Bernie or, or Warren? There's been a handful, but uh, as Jack pointed out, not a large number. I mean, some are very active on behalf of different candidates. Uh, uh, a handful, I say, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I said that B- Bernie had some support in the legislature. Um, he has Rasheen Aldridge's support, and um, St. Louis Alderman uh, Megan Green supports him. I, I I don't know of a second lawmaker who's endorsed him, um, but uh, he does. I mean, uh, the the political scientists I talked to today for my Sunday story. Um, you know, they suspect that he'll do well in the college towns like um, Columbia and Boone County. Um, and um, I was talking to a Democrat in southeast Missouri. He expects Bernie to do well in Cape Girardeau, where southeast Missouri state is. So he has a couple of constituencies. 
um, as far as um, college towns go. And then I'm interested to see how he does in, in places like Jefferson County and St. Francis County in southeast Missouri because, um, you know, those are those are traditionally Democratic places where you have a lot of white working class people. Um, and Bernie won those counties in 2016 over Hillary Clinton, interestingly. I'm, I'm curious whether Biden can cut into that support or whether um, Sanders will continue to be successful down there. So uh, by all indications, I mean, it, it seems like it would be probably a surprise if, if uh, Sanders is able to win the Missouri. I, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I, I think most of us have learned our lesson about too much prognosticating. I, I, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say that there's no way Sanders could win Missouri. He, he certainly is in the running. But I, uh, it would be a little bit surprising. And, and, and what, what Jack's saying about the college towns makes all the sense in the world. Um, but the establishment in Missouri is, is, is sort of Jay Nixon-esque, which is, you know, who is, who is somewhat of a centrist Democrat, and that's, that's what you tend to see here, um, at least from the establishment. And, I, I, you know, those are natural uh, Biden uh, voters, I would think. Um, how, how, um, where, where does Missouri kind of factor into the, the larger uh, delegate, delegate math, Mark? I mean, how big of a prize is, is Missouri? Well, the National Convention first ballot choices of 68 delegates will be decided at the Missouri primary next week. Missouri overall will have 80 delegates, but 12 of those are would I describe it? They're, they don't call them super delegates anymore. They're, they're, uh, they call them automatic delegates, I believe, and they can't vote on the first ballot anyway. They, they include the two U.S. House members from the state, Lacey Clay from St. Louis and Emmanuel Cleaver from Kansas City, and various and sundry uh, uh, party officials. Uh, but 68 will be determined next week. So it's a, it's a what would you say, Kevin? A moderate size among them all, yeah, all yeah, the totals it's, it's, around the. It's not tiny, but it's not like yeah. California or Texas or New York State. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, I, I guess I'm betraying that I live west of the uh, Mississippi River. Uh, but uh, Illinois, what's uh, what, what's it looking like uh, there? Has anybody looked at that? Uh, I, I actually, and I haven't, I haven't uh, delved into Illinois politics in a while. But I, I would, I would think that Sanders might actually have a better chance there than he has here. It's, it's a far a uh, far more liberal state generally than Missouri, and the Democratic Party is is uh, is it tends to be more left. However, um, you know it's it's there's also a very strong uh, Democratic establishment in Illinois. They run the whole state at this point, and they may be looking at this from a practical point of view uh, and seeing Biden as the as the candidate uh, most likely to defeat Trump. So. You know, who knows? It's uh, it, it could go either way. They've got they've got a. I, I don't know exactly what their delegate trove is, but it's obviously it's higher than Missouri's, and um, so that you know that'll be something that everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. One thing worth noting: uh, Sanders nearly won Missouri four years ago, and I interpret that in hindsight now, in part out of just people in the general public Democrats just not wanting Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I think Hillary- that, that's my impression now. I mean, yeah. now whether Sanders can, can and including some of those counties that Jack mentioned, like Jefferson, St. Francis, there were a number of outstate counties that, if I recall, went for Sanders as well, or it was very close between Clinton and Sanders. You know, ultra-liberal Sanders pulling in areas that you wouldn't expect. Um, 
But we don't have Hillary Clinton running this yeah. time. I so. mean, I, I agree with Mark. I think that that was less about Bernie than Hillary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she really, e- even among Democrats, there really was a sort of a never Hillary contingent out there that that just was uncomfortable with her um, from the start. I, I, you know, I don't think you're going to have that factor with the Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Well, so so Biden has always kind of presented himself as kind of a, you know, working class appeal, you know, folksy, uh, you know, but. But Sanders has also really appealed to to more working class uh, blue collar voters. Uh, do you know? But Missouri is obviously a very red state now. I mean, is there is there any sense whether uh, Biden, you know, should he become the nominee, be be able to eat into, um, you know, the the some of the working class folks who, who voted for President Trump? I think we're still a red state. Uh, that would be my guess uh, in the general election. I, you know, if you had to sit here right now and bet, I would, I would have to bet on Trump. Based on what happened uh, two years ago with the Hawley uh, McCaskill race, yeah. uh, I'd agree. But you know, things change. But, mm-hmm. but at this moment, I would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, yeah, uh, I mean, the the Democrats, at least on a national level, haven't invested in Missouri since 2008 when right. Obama barely, barely lost here, or barely, yeah, barely lost. Um, almost one so um there's not there's not an infrastructure like there was when missouri was considered a swing state so if if the democrats want to flip those voters then they'll have to spend money and they're not doing it (laughs) yeah uh and and getting a little bit off of uh tuesday's primary jack but i guess the the national party is investing a a little bit in in one uh congressional race right where um they they see a, an opening in the in the second congressional district where um jill shoop is is running against ann wagner right yeah um they've they've put that uh district on their red to blue list so um she's she's one of i think 10 or 12 candidates on that list right now um and and they really want to flip the district but it, it you know it's it's drawn as a republican district and um it's it's still a republican leaning district and ann wagner has the the cash advantage and more name recognition so it's definitely uh going to be an uphill climb for the democrats there yeah i would i would think the second would be the the Republican district here most likely to flip, but it's still not very likely to flip. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the other ones, I don't think there would be any chance at all. This one, in theory, there's a chance, but again, that would be surprising if, if Wagner were to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, st- statewide, um, you know, there there is, uh, I, I guess, you know, probably a competitive race for, for governor. Um, but if, if Missouri gave such strong support to, to President Trump, how do, how do statewide Democrats, Jack, think that you know they could they could possibly get a a Democrat elected to the governor if if everybody kind of thinks you know Missouri is most likely to vote for President Trump in in the general election. Yeah, um, well, some of the Republicans I talked to don't think that Trump is going to win by twenty points here like he did in twenty sixteen. They still think he's going to win by double digits, but but um, not like not twenty percent. Um, and uh so so in that regard it it might be closer but um the i mean with they they haven't won in several cycles now the democrats and so when you don't win for several cycles the national folks start to spend their money elsewhere um so 
so Galloway will have um, that to contend with, and then Parson, uh, Governor Parson, has a huge war chest. Um, he has, I think, six million dollars between his pack and his campaign, and so he has that advantage. Um, Galloway's trying to. Um, Galloway's actually running an, an interesting campaign so far, um, like past Democratic candidates like Chris Coster and and Jay Nixon weren't weren't very out front with uh, talking about things like um, gun safety or gun control measures, um, and and she is, and um, she, she, you know, so she's she's really offering, I think, more of a contrast, but. Um, this time around for voters between the Republicans and the Democrats, and and I don't really, I can't think of, an, of another time when when that's happened here, at least recently. Um, you know, Democrats statewide at least tend to run as moderates here, um, which is necessary probably because we're a red state. So I don't know how that's going to play. Um, she might win some more suburban support. Um, and forfeit some rural support, um, and and that might put her over the top. But I I don't know. I don't think that strategy's ever been tried here. Hey Jack, I'm, I'm I've been curious about something. I wonder what you make of the fact that that even as Missourians keep electing Republican governments, they they keep uh, passing these ballot measures that are opposed by Republicans. I'm mean, thinking about the you know the minimum wage and the labor and the marijuana and the clean Missouri. These are all things that the Republican um, you know, power structure was opposed to, and yet voters went to the polls in, in Missouri and, and overruled the Republican legislators on those specific issues. Do, is, does that point to any kind of maybe, maybe hidden, hidden power, hidden something that might, uh, that might work in, in uh, Holloway's favor in the end? It might. I mean, it hasn't. It didn't in 2018. Yeah. I, I mean, McCaskill still lost, and all and all those on all those ballot initiatives passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think voters kind of separate each issue, and and uh, Missouri voters have been pretty populist on minimum wage yeah. and union issues. Um, but I, I think the word Democrat is pretty toxic in a lot of parts of Missouri, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's it's tough to overcome that if you're a, a candidate. Mm-hmm. And there, there's another uh, kind of uh, ballot initiative uh, coming up in in November, right? That that's uh, maybe more of a Democratic issue that'll be on the ballot with with Medicaid expansion, right, Jack? How, how's 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 that faring? Is that pretty well funded? Uh, yeah, that's very well funded. I think the last I saw, they they've collected about three fourths of the signatures that they needed that they need so um they're going to have to turn those in by may and then um if they if they have enough it'll be on the ballot um it's it'll be interesting to see how the rural areas go on that because um there's been a lot of hospital closures um supporters of this initiative say that that medicaid expansion would help with with access to health care in rural areas um so and and Republicans too. I mean, uh, they, they say that it it would it would harm Missouri's budget, um, but I, I haven't seen any any effort um, to counter the the initiative yet. Um, there's there's been no money put into any PACs that I've seen to counter that. So 
I, I'd say that its chances are pretty good, um, regardless of how the state votes on on other things in the fall. Is um, is Auditor Galloway kind of tying her campaign at all to that? Because I know in in 2018, uh, Democrats um, around the country, you know, really used health care um, to kind of propel their their campaigns and and ultimately retake the U.S. House of Representatives. She is, and she's talking about other local issues, too. I just saw her tweet today about um, local control for farm for farms. So so the, the state passed a bill that would forbid counties from regulating big, mega uh, factory farms, um, and, and she's against that. And a lot of these a lot of the people who live in rural areas are, are are against these big farms too. So, so she's trying to localize the race as much as she can. And the Republicans would really like to nationalize the race because um, because of how popular Trump is here. And so you're you're going to see that play out over the next several months. And um, uh, you know, re- Republicans have done a really good job of nationalizing races here in the past and um and that's so far what they've tried to do here i mean parson has parson filed paperwork for for trump to run in missouri he's he's tied his candidacy um to trump as well so yeah well got a got a little off of uh tuesday's primary but there's a there's a lot fewer choices than there were just uh, three days ago <laughs> so um you can you can find uh all of our podcasts at stltoday.com slash podcasts uh or by using your favorite podcast apps through itunes or google play and you can support local journalism by subscribing at stltoday.com slash subscribe i'm jacob barker thank you again kevin mark and jack um and uh don't forget uh to vote on tuesday <laughs>